So welcome to our brand new podcast, you guys. The new name of our new podcast is We Ain't Done Yet, and I have our very first guest. Welcome, Judy. Yay, thank you. I'm so excited. So you guys, she just found out right now that she's going to be the very first episode that we are going to um, put out there for everybody to listen to after we did our rebranding and our relaunch so i'm really excited that you're here with us i'm so excited that you agreed to just come and talk about this topic that i've been really thinking about putting out there for everybody like the only person i really wanted to be on here was you because you shared so much of your experience with me on so many occasions so we share in our same situation different experiences, but we both share in the same situation that occurred. I just want to say that I met Judy at work. I yes, re- we did. Do you remember when you first, we first met? Yes, a couple years ago. I don't exactly know what year, but yes, it's been a while. <laughs> Gosh, because you've been working there for how long? Don't, don't ask me. <laughs> I don't know. I just go to work every day. <laughs> I love it, you know? Yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. It just It's been a couple years. I want to say probably close to 10 years. God dang, time flies, huh? Yes, it does. When you're having fun. Oh my God, time freaking flies. Yeah, when you're having fun. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes. Yeah, that's great. So I remember sitting in the front and you coming into the office and you just asked if the provider was there. That, you was, had- that was a meet and greet. Yes. When I met with the provider. Yes. 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 So you came in. And I just remember you were like, you had this big smile, which you have this beautiful smile in general. Like that's like, you came in, you smiled, said, hi, I'm here. I have a meeting with the provider. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll get her, you know? And that was the very first time I seen you. Yes. And then of course you left and I was like, who is this person? You know, I kind of inquired about you and she told me her history with you and what she was planning to do, bringing you on board. And, um, yeah, you came on board and like, I remember, I don't even know. Cause I, I don't call you Judy. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, you don't. You and someone else have given me this nickname and I don't know why, <laughs> but here it is. So. <laughs> so I refer to Judy normally 98% of the time as Chola. Right. I always text her. Hey, Chola, what's up? Yes. I, I am you during work and I'm like, Chola, what's up? I miss you. And because you've got a big heart, like you have a big heart, you're a kind person. Thank you. And you're, you're down, you're loyal. Yes. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but you know, I think we'll go with it. We'll go with it. (laughs) I think you're, I think being loyal is a good thing. It's a good trait. And, um, to the right person though, you got to remember that. Oh yeah. You know, true, true to the right person (laughs) under the right circumstances. (laughs) You're loyal, you've got a big heart, you're down to help anybody out, like, whatever we need, you're there, you know what I mean? Like, who's always one driving us here, driving us there, you know, you, but you guard that. Yes. You guard that, and you have the outer exterior of, like, a chola, like, don't mess with me. Yes. But you're so, you're so kind. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. So Chola has stuck with you. Yes. I'm going to call you Chola until the day I'm no longer on this earth. But the funny thing is that you also call me Juju. 
Yeah. And I don't know where that came from either. So Juju, I Juju was because somebody else in the clinic called you Juju. Oh, okay. And so I picked it up from that other person. But it's only once in a while. Like Chola is the one I always like. True, you're Chola, right. Chola, Chola, Chola. Like I'll call you once in a while, Juju. If I think it's like it's interchangeable. In yeah. It's maybe, interchangeable. Depending on who we're around, maybe? No, it's definitely, I was just going to say that. It's definitely when we're around different people or in a different atmosphere, different space. Yeah. Because I don't know how they're going to take me calling you chola. You know what I mean? That like, is true. That's right. They're going to be like, what? <laughs> what? There's Why? a chola here? Like, what? No. <laughs> but no. I swear, I'm not a chola. I've never <laughs> been one. <laughs> she has. She's been down. <laughs> I've been down, yes. But... <laughs> So it's not on my record, so we're gonna leave it that way, <laughs> right? Exactly. So, um, so we first met working together. Yes. And just like all of my friendships that I've developed in this space of work, um, are there's only a handful of people, and I think my listeners have known that about me. Like they know, like I have a tight knit group of people because I am very. Um, I'm very passionate about my friendships and I'm very um, sensitive about my friendships and I'm very, I'm a private person in general. So I only let certain people into my space um, where I can feel vulnerable with. And you are one of those people. But I think that's because I made you. (laughs) (laughs) I just came into the clinic and I was like, so my name is Judy and we're going to be friends. Yeah. Yeah. And so we clicked, you know, and, and, we got to know each other and we've been friends for so long and we've... That we don't even know when it started no. and how it started. No, we don't even know when, like, I don't remember the first time we hung out. I don't either. I don't remember. It any... feels like we've just been doing it for years and it's like... This is the norm. Yeah. This is what we do. And so, um, and throughout the time that we've known each other, we've gotten closer. Yes. And I think we've shared a lot of our life experience with one another. Yes. And that has brought us closer to yeah. each other and to understand one another and what we've been through and just to understand. But mm-hmm. also, you're the one friend, too, that I go to. To and- put you in your place? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, you're yeah. my devil advocate when I'm... Being sassy. Yeah. I'm going to use sassy. Yeah. When mm-hmm. I'm being sassy or dramatic... <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? You're not the first one to tell me that because my therapist told me that too. <laughs> like you just think you blow things out of proportion yeah. in a sense. And and but I think it's because of your heart. It's because the way your heart and your mind connect that it's just not easy for you to downplay stuff. Yeah, you just have to be like, <laughs> bam, it's out there. I'm gonna just go with it. <laughs> so I like to bring you back to reality. Yeah, I think you like to like fly out of space go 100 yeah mm-hmm. but i like to roll you back in yeah mm-hmm. and you do a really good job at that and i don't get like offended or anything i'm just like okay like you're bringing a different perspective yes. to me like and i need that once in a while i see somebody to ground me to be like okay like come on you can't blame it all on that person right. or you can't look at it that way you need to understand this or understand this yeah. and so I mean, we've had many talks yes. about that stuff. And I think you've seen a side of me that nobody has ever seen a side of me. Um, and I think it's from one of our trips that we took a couple last year, maybe. Oh, yes. And, um, so I think that's why I'm a little bit more vulnerable to you and like open up to you a little more because I really don't share that mm-hmm. side of me. Because um, to me, it feels like 
week and I don't like to let people know mm-hmm. that sometimes there's that I can be breakable sometimes and I don't want people to know that. Right. That's your like that's your that's how you protect yourself. Yes. That's your defense mechanism. Yes. And I think I do remember that moment. I remember that moment very well and it and I just gave you that space, yes. you know, to mm-hmm. let I just let you be cuz we all need that. We yeah. all need that one person that can make you feel safe in a vulnerable in a vulnerable mm-hmm. time. And I was glad I was able to be there with you to experience that. Yeah. And that's good to know. Yeah. I'm happy you got to do yeah. that. Yeah. So it's kind of hard for let people see that side of me. So I hide that very good and I, you know, tuck it in very, very, like, push it down, push it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, a lot of people do, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So a little bit of an iceberg. That's how we met. You know, that's yeah. how we crossed each other's paths and we've been in each other's lives for so long and I just want you to take this moment to let everybody know and just tell us about who you are like give us a little a little bit of my story a little bit about who you are because today we are going to be talking about a sensitive subject I think um but it needs to be talked about because you can learn and grow from it um we're going to be talking about divorce yes so divorce, divorce. Um, Judy's experienced divorce, yes. and I have also experienced divorce. I am married now, but I, I was divorced before, so um, we share in that same experience. So yeah, just let us know who you are. So my name is Judy. I'm 43. I have four beautiful children. Three out of the four are adults now. Mm-hmm. I do have a nine-year-old that's still. It's very. It's a handful. He's nine. He's nine oh, now. Oh wow, nine! Wow, she's so. <laughs> he'll grown. be he'll be ten in December, so yeah, it's yeah. And then I'll be an empty nester, and I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. <laughs> but <laughs> so you're so you have four beautiful children. Yes, and then I also have one beautiful grandbaby. Hmm. She's two now. Oh yeah. So one of my children decided to make me a nana because it's not allowed to be called the G word. I refuse. <laughs> I refuse. It's not allowed. Imagine she called you. What if she called you Nana Chola? <laughs> I'm down. We could go with that. As long as she does not call me the G word, we're good. Like, yeah. okay. I am too young for that. Yeah. Like, that's no. So it's a Nana. She calls you Nana. She calls me Nana. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, she's, I refuse. I refuse. I'm not going to lie. I'm too young for that. Yeah. So you got four beautiful children, yes. a beautiful granddaughter. Um, I've been a medical assistant for 20 plus years um yeah yeah that was my whole career there um or is my career I should say because I'm still doing that to this day um but yeah oh wow and I've been a mom since I was 17 okay 17 yes my first child I had at 17 and let me tell you all your kids are good kids like they're very good kids like your daughter is like got her master's degree yes very proud of it yes Um, my son that is going to be 22, he has his tech license and is, um, running a, a store as an mm. assistant manager. And my other son that's going to be 21, he works for the city. Okay. Um, and he's doing amazing also. So yeah. And my, he graduated college too. And he graduated college with, um, criminal justice degree. So we'll see if he pursues that. I don't know if that's just going to stay in his back pocket, yeah. but Whatever makes him happy right now, he's happy working for the city and, you know, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, they're good kids. I can't complain. 
Yeah, they're doing they're they're doing good things in society and they're they got jobs and yes. They're good kids. They're good kids. Yeah, I yeah. can't complain. Everybody asks me, what did I do? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what I did. I feel like I was really open and honest. Uh-huh. Um, I try to find a boundary, I guess, of being a parent and a friend. Because I also wanted my kids to be able to come to me and talk to me about anything and everything. Right. Without being afraid that mom's going to fly off the hook. Right. And so I think I did a good job because we're actually pretty good yeah, kids. Yeah, you, in my opinion, from the outside looking in, you did a great job. Thank you, you did a great job. Thank you. You know, because your kids were older when you went through the divorce. Yes. So, like, things could have went differently. Yes. And yes. they didn't. No. And you still understood your assignment and you understood that you're a mom and you needed to raise those kids to your best of your ability. Yes. And... You did a really good job. Yeah. I was married for about 18 years, give or take. Mm-hmm. Um, I went through my separation about 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. I've been officially divorced, I don't know, two years now, according to court papers. <laughs> <laughs> but according to my mind, I've been divorced for 10 years. Okay. Um, but yeah. And at the time, my oldest was 16. Okay, so yes. she was really older. Yes. Okay. And then the boys were about 13, 12, and the littlest one was about six months old. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah. So they were already old enough to know what was going on. Yes. What was happening, and they were exposed to a lot of things as young teenagers. Yes. And those experiences could have took them down a different road, yeah. and it didn't. So and that's didn't. a blessing, you know? Yeah, I kind of like, and maybe it was, I don't know, I don't know if it's good or bad, but at the time, I did talk to them about what was going on and, you know, what can I do to help and protect them mm-hmm. because, you know, it was their family falling apart also. It wasn't just my marriage. Right. It was all of ours, you yeah. know. We were a family at one time and we loved each other at one time. So it was hard on them. And mm-hmm. I think because they were older and they didn't experience this family dynamic mm-hmm. unlike the baby doesn't know any better mm-hmm. um he's always seen mom mom mm-hmm. and dad is dad and so you know to him it's nothing different right unlike my other older ones you know they had that mm-hmm. you know having a mom and a dad in the same home yeah so for them it was a little harder so i kind of like threw myself into raising them and protecting them and being there for them. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to sit here and say I was a perfect parent because I wasn't. Yes, mm-hmm. I did go out. Yes, I did find adult time with my girls because I needed that. Right. You know, being involved with children 24-7 plus working five days out of the week, you know, you need that girl time. So, and I met a great group of friends at Good. the time mm-hmm. that gave me that space to, you know, go out and have fun and just like not worry about anything yeah and i will always be grateful to those that group of friends good that's good they were there for me when i needed them and to this day i still talk to them and you know it's nice to get together and you know it's nice that's good Mm -hmm. that's really good um that's good to hear because i do agree you need people in your life to support you and to be there for you and just to help guide you and through the, the difficult times, the good mm-hmm. times, the bad times. And I think there's nothing better than girlfriends. Yes. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You know, 
like real good friends, mm-hmm. girlfriends that you can bond with and go through life with. And, um, and those are very far and few between, you know what I mean? I agree. And it's hard to bond. To trust again. To trust again and to build yeah. friendships, especially with females. Yes. But when you find them, you hold on to them, you cling to them and mm-hmm. you, you're, you always are connected with them. So, you know, divorce is like, like a loss. It's, yes. it's like a death, right? right? So, you know, when people die, you don't see them. Right. You don't see them. They go, you know, whatever you believe in, you know, they go to heaven, they go, you know, they go to the afterlife. But divorce is not a death where you're never going to see them. You see them. Uh, you see that person again, especially right. if you have children. Yes. You cross paths with them. Um, you'll continue, like I said, you'll continue to see those people that person you're going to hear about their lives um and maybe even see them in a new relationship um those are going to produce so many emotions and you're going to experience so many things um it's like a roller coaster ride it's got highs and lows mm-hmm. and um it's like the grieving process yes yeah so, i agree i had an amazing counselor at one time cuz i did i'm not going to sit here and say i didn't I felt like I needed to go speak to someone um, regarding this divorce because I was taking it really hard at the time. And he straight up told me, you need to grieve your marriage. Like, it's a death. I need you to go through the emotions. And I told him, no, I don't (laughs) want to go through the... (laughs) You don't want to feel it. I didn't want to feel it. I wanted to stay in that angry, in that anger stage. Mm -hmm. I wanted to be angry. I wanted to hate this person. I wanted to have all that hate and anger towards him because... That's how I felt at the time. And he's like, okay, that's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. He's all, but you need to move on from that also. Yeah. yeah. So he goes, you need to, you need to let yourself feel sadness and all the other emotions, emotions that, that came with it. He goes, so you need to grieve this marriage. Mm-hmm. And I said, no. <laughs> so was it because you didn't want to feel that you wanted to be in the state of anger or was it um it was just easier to hate him to let go right i needed to hate him to let go of that marriage oh because okay. i felt like if i went straight to like sadness or just sitting there crying all the time and just you know i felt like i would never let go mm, okay okay yeah. so, so anger- i had i had to do the complete opposite oh, like some people some people need to cry mm-hmm. and some people need to like scream and just Break down. Mm-hmm. I needed to hate. Okay. 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 I needed, yeah. I needed to hate at the time just to let go. So that was your first emotion because the grieving process is like you're sad mm-hmm. and then or you're like in denial in denial. Mm-hmm. Then you're sad. Then you're angry. Yes. You know, so you started off just being angry. Yeah. I started off angry. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Well, granted the circumstances that occurred, right? Right. Like. I think anybody would want, would just be rage. Yeah. It would be rage and mad and anger. Yeah. So <clears throat> before we dive deep down into divorce and stuff, like what was your life prior to divorce? So your marriage, how was marriage like prior to divorce, to, to separating, having problems and all that? <clears throat> I love being married. Um, I love the husband, wife. I loved coming home and, coming home to my husband and my kids, I loved being married. Mm -hmm. That was my life. I loved that life. Um, Was it the easiest? No. Um, Was it the best? No. You know, we all have ups and downs. We all have um, 
tough times, good times. Mm-hmm. Like our life was good. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, just like any other relationship. Yeah. Um, but in the end, you know, um, trust, um, jealousy mm-hmm. just got the best of us. Right. And, you know, we just had to go our separate ways. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Cause I remember I got married probably the first time I got married, I got married when I was 20 and I was pregnant with our oldest son. We got married and I was 20. You got married when you were 18, 18. So you were young, younger yeah. than I was. And, you know, I knew this person for probably like two or three years. It wasn't really, we didn't have like a long history. You know, we did, he was in college. He was a football player. I was going to college and getting, trying to get high school credits at college and stuff like that. And I met him and we got together and, you know, we moved in together and we didn't really experience much of a married life. You know, we were married only for about five years. But within those five years, I gave a lot of myself to this person. So when I divorced, um, I think our marriage was just pretty shitty to begin with. You know what I mean? It wasn't no, it was, it started off bad and it ended up pretty bad. So there, now that I look back at it, it was really no hope for us. Well, same here. Now that I, you know, of course you dissect the relationship. So same. I mean, we were high school sweethearts. Yeah. What did we know about being in love, knowing what a relation, a real relationship is? Yeah. We were two children raising children. Yeah. By the time we were both 22, we had three kids. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So, so, okay. Yeah. So it's like, it was like high school sweethearts to parents to like married oh. and living together and trying to raise ourselves for right. one. Yeah. And plus three children. Yeah. Like, our, yeah, we, we were meant to... <laughs> so yeah so um even though we spent a short five years together um we shared two beautiful children with one another and best thing that came out of our marriage was our two boys and but it still felt like death yeah it felt like death i remember like crying and crying and crying and i started off with crying yeah. you know i felt like what is wrong with me that you don't want me kind of thing, you know? And I just remember going into like a depression and being sad, but like my life prior to divorce was, you know, it was just there. It wasn't really anything like really exciting, you know, Mm -hmm. but we were married and we had kids and we're trying to build a life, but we were just on two separate pages to begin with. So your marriage was good. You loved being married. You I loved did. cooking. You loved taking care of your kids. I don't know about cooking, but you know, <laughs> you that like was part of it, right? That's, that's what you do. You got to feed these people right. that live with you, so might as well cook for them, right? Yeah. So, I mean, poor him. I feel bad for him because I wasn't probably the best cook at the beginning. <laughs> so, he had lots of trial and error. So, poor him. Thank God I never killed him, I guess, with all my trial and error food. <laughs> But, you know, it, it happens. I right. Mean, like I said, we were both kids. Yeah. Like, I remember, you know, like looking at him and be like, are you hungry? He goes, yeah. I was like, well, what do you want? He goes, I don't know. What are you going to make? Mana. Like, <laughs> I'm 18, dude. What do you want me to make you? Like, Mac and cheese, like, man. My mom used to cook. Like I was, I was the baby of the family, you know? Yeah. I have an older brother and then it's myself. So I was spoiled by my mom and dad. So I didn't have to cook. Okay. So here I am trying to be married and 
have children. Like, right. And I'm thinking, like, what am I supposed to cook this guy and these kids? Like, I'm supposed to feed them? Oh, wow, they're going to survive. Yeah, you had to learn, like, really quick, right? I had quick, to right? learn. I had to learn. Like, don't get me wrong. I had amazing parents, and my mom was that type of person, like, I need, you need to learn how to cook. And so I knew how to do your basic, mm-hmm. but it just, when you're doing it on your own, when your parent is not with you or guiding you, it doesn't come out the same. Oh like, my God. You know? Yeah, no. And like, I cook to this day out of survival. Like I don't cook. It's very rare that I cook out of love, you know, oh. out of cariños where I want to. It's just not my love language. Like, I cook to survive, basically. Mm-hmm. My husband, like, cooks very well, and he loves to cook. But I'm like, okay, what do you want? But I remember when I was married before that I was, I remember calling my grandmother and mm-hmm. my mom and being like, how do I make arroz or yeah. how do I make frijoles or how do I make yeah. these things? Because I didn't know either. Yeah. And I never cooked. I grew up and I would, I would eat, like, crap, you know, and... <laughs> I didn't know how to cook rice or right. anything like that. And I remember my mom telling me, too, like, if you want to be, like, um, a homemaker. or and I'm like, first of all, I don't want to be a homemaker. <laughs> but I have to be a wife, you know? Yeah. Like, how do I do this? So I remember her telling me, too, like, if you want to be a wife and a mom and all this stuff, you have to have this in your house. You have to have this in your house. And you have to learn how to cook yeah. this. And I remember how, her giving me recipes, you yeah. know? Same. I mean, I would call my mom and be like, Mom, can you come over and help me cook? She'd be like, really, Judy? I was like, Mom, he's going to come home from work right now. I need to, like, feed him. Right. And she's like, well, what'd you feed the babies? And I was like, sopita? Yeah. Like, that's, I know how to make sopita. Right. And she's like, oh, my God. <laughs> but she's like, like, what is he going to say about me? He's like, I'm, you know, I gave him this wife and she doesn't know how to cook. And I was like, well, that's what happens when you spoil me. Right. Like I, I was spoiled. Like I am not going to sit here and say I wasn't. I was spoiled. Yeah. My job at home was to wash dishes, clean the house and get good grades in school. Yeah. Because my parents wanted me to go to school, get a career to be able to fin and support myself. Okay. Because my dad's number one rule was that he did not want me and my brother to work out in the fields or in the dairy. And there's nothing wrong with those jobs. Right. Because my dad made a great living out of it. Uh-huh. But he just did not want that for his kids. Right. So his thing was, you don't need to work. Uh-huh. I will support you. I will give you everything you need. Uh-huh. Um, the only thing I require from you is to keep the house clean. Yeah. And to get good grades. Yeah. So I did that. Yeah. Like, you did that well. I did that well. <laughs> like... You know, and I that's think that's all my daddy wanted from me, so that's what I did for him. Because like, are you, you're first gen, right? I am a first gen. Okay, yes. so like, yes. first gen parents, they come because they want a better life for their child, yes, and their children. So it makes sense that that's all he required of you. Mm-hmm. And then you were also a girl. I was you know a girl. What I mean? mm-hmm. So that it's a little bit different too. Yeah. And um, but there you are, in high school, meeting this guy. Yes. Falling in love with him. Yes. Like, you know. And the funny thing is the way we met was he was throwing water balloons at me <laughs> because I was wearing a white t-shirt. <gasps> oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, you guys. You all can't see me, but I am very blessed. I was going to say, guys <laughs> and listeners, if you, you just use your imagination, okay? <laughs> at the time, you know. <laughs> I'm 16, looking cute, you know, here I am wearing a white t-shirt, thinking uh-huh. I look cute, 
Yes. And this all this guy wanted to do was get your t-shirt wet. Yes. Oh my. Is, and yes. And this is the person I fell in love with. What was I thinking, right? So this is our story that we've told our children because, you know, this is how we met. Yeah. <laughs> really, mom? And I was like, yeah, don't ever, <laughs> don't ever fall in love with the person that throws water balloons at you. While you're wearing a white shirt. While you're wearing a white t-shirt, yes. So you, you met him. You fell in love with him. Mm. You started dating him. Yes. Mm. And you guys went on and got married and had children and started your life together. Yes. And um, marriage was good. Like, I remember you telling me stories like you had your home. Mm. You had a pool, right? Like, you had yeah. a house with a pool. and But that was after. He kind of bought that as, like, um, I'm so sorry. Okay. Let me um, make it up to you because, you know, let me buy you a house with the pool and this and that because I fucked up. So. Okay. I'm gonna, yeah. Dang. Yes. Really? Yeah. So so that was some of our arguments because he always used to accuse me of being very materialistic. Oh, okay. And it's not that I was materialistic. It's just that I was spoiled. Yeah. My parents always had a house and a roof over our head. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I was okay. Like, I'm not saying we were poor, but we also weren't rich, but we always had what needed. Right. So I wanted my kids to have the same. Right. So I worked hard and I expected him to work hard for us to have what our kids needed. Yeah. You know, so when he bought this house with a beautiful house, like I'm not going to take that away from him. It was a beautiful house. But in the end, when I decided to leave, I'm like, keep your house. Mm. I don't want your house. Right. I did not love you because you give me a house or you bought me this. Because when I met you, I'm the one that had the car. Mm. I'm the one that had the money in my pocket. Mm-hmm. Not you, me. Okay. Because you used to drive around my car. Okay. So don't accuse me of being materialistic when I wasn't. Right. I was, you know, I worked hard for my stuff. Right, right. You were just, it sounds like you were just, you wanted to be okay. Like, mm-hmm. you, like you said, you saw your parents. They mm-hmm. worked hard for what you had and what you guys had and you just wanted to have a comfortable life mm-hmm. and there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and yeah. a granted for under the circumstances that he did it, you know, that's different. But I mean, yeah, though that, that was new to me. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that about yeah. what happened because I remember you telling me that you guys had a home and you guys had a house and you, you know, you guys did like family yeah. days and you guys did family mm-hmm. things with each other and um, the kids. Him, we were all too really into uh, martial arts at the time. So we did a lot of martial arts at the time with our kids. So, you know, we did a lot of family stuff. We were really, at the time, I felt we were okay. I mean, just like any relationship, right. we have our ups and downs and stuff. But I thought we were good. Because at the beginning, our relationship was really tough. We were young. You know, like I said, trying to raise these kids. Um, he fell into some addiction. Um, he was an alcoholic. And then from that, he, you know, tampered with drugs. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I stood by him. Mm-hmm. I had his back. I helped him as much as I could and I tried to like understand and be there for him even though I didn't understand Mm -hmm. I mean I don't come from a family that had those type of problems right so I learned as I went did I make mistakes through the way probably Mm -hmm. maybe I was a little ruthless or really rough on him sometimes but it's because I didn't understand when Mm -hmm. someone has an addiction that is so more important than your family. Right. I didn't understand that. Yeah. You know, so I stood by him as best as I knew. Mm-hmm. Um, did I do it the right way? I don't know. Yeah. 
Um, thank God he did clean up. He got clean and sober and was clean and sober for about 10 years. Okay. Before our marriage um, broke up. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know. Yeah. I mean, when, when you have two people that come from two different worlds mm-hmm. and they become one, it's, it's hard, right? right. Cause, um, especially when it's mixed with addiction, you know, mm-hmm. not that it started that way, but once it comes and creeps into your marriage or to relationship, you're fighting the addiction. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand why people stay with people or pe- why people don't just stop right. doing drugs. And I think throughout like education and things I've learned, it's like, it's, it's just, it's not the person, it's the addiction yeah. and it's their mind and it's their brain yeah. and, and things like that. So that makes it even harder. Mm-hmm. And you're such a, like I said in the beginning, you're like loyal, yeah. like you're loyal and you want to, you're, you don't want to give up on people right. and you're there and you're, you're a helper and that played out in your marriage. Yeah. You know what I mean? And at least you stood to try to understand and try to help. Yeah. And I think it's important to applaud you when you said did you do it right you don't know i don't know were you ruthless probably yeah but you're taking accountability for that yeah you know what i mean that's one thing i've learned <laughs> through therapy uh-huh. through therapy and then you know i went to anger management um i think that was the best thing ever oh, wow. in my life okay. to do is um anger management classes um at first i'm like i don't have anger problems <laughs> I went in there. I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> Y'all, I check all the boxes. The, all the boxes. I read this book and I'm like, damn. <laughs> that really sounds like me. Whoops. Maybe I was angry. So when when this happened and you were like, oh, crap. Like, did you have like, oh, shit moment? Were of you course. Like, or were you like, like, how did that affect you at that moment when you realized like, okay. Um, I was just sitting in class and listening to everybody, you know, everybody talk about their experiences, their, what, why they were there. Um, I was there because I wanted to be there, not because I was court ordered or anything, but I was there because I needed it. I wanted it. Um, my counselor had recommended it to me because he felt like maybe I was a little angry, especially (laughs) since I did start with anger and hate. So he thought it would be a good idea to try it. Okay. So I said, okay. Um, he sent me over to this place. Amazing place. I love it to this day. Oh, God. I love it. Um, if I could, I'd probably still go. Uh-huh. Um, and maybe I should make time because, I mean, it's just a Tuesday evening. Yeah. And um, I loved it. So I was sitting there listening to everybody's story and I'm like, shit, that sounds like me. <laughs> Oh, wow. So I was like, wow. So I was like, maybe I will hang in here. <laughs> and maybe I'll do the 12 weeks that they recommend. Good. Because, you know, when you're court ordered, it depends what the court orders. Yeah. I guess the minimum is 12 weeks. Uh-huh. Um, some people have to do a whole year. Yeah. So it's really crazy. So I decided to do the 12 weeks because I was like, you know, I'm going to do the 12 weeks. Yeah. I'm here. Let me try it out. See how it goes. Well, 12, week, 12 weeks turned into, like, years. Oh, wow. Really? Be- yes, it did. Because I loved it so much that I became a co-facilitator. Really? Yes. with wow. um With the person that was running it. Yes. Wow. I even got my certificate and everything because that's how much I loved it and oh. I enjoyed it. Because it really helped me well, understand myself and my anger and just... And it's a program that 
in your experience, it was successful. Yes. Like, it, it works. Yes. You know what I mean? Because a lot of people that are made to go to any kind of court-ordered, they don't want to go. They're right. like, I don't have a problem. They're in denial, right? right? Like, we all are when we have to face our what's going on with this. Right. But when you're in there and you believe in the program and you see how it did work, yeah. you're going to become a huge advocate for that yes. program. Mm-hmm. And I'm that's good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's another fun fact about me. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that you can always have that in the back of your, in your back pocket. Yes. And I mean, and that's how I control my anger or that's how I, yeah, basically control my anger is because I've learned these steps to learn how to control it. Because, yeah. you know, I became a very angry person there for a while, I guess. According to my counselor. Well, yeah, I mean, divorce, <laughs> like I said, it's like a grieving process. Yeah. It's like a death. And there's no right way to grieve, no. right? Mm-hmm. And people do it differently than other people. Everybody's experience is different. Mm-hmm. You so happen to start with anger. Yeah. And for your counselor to see that yeah. and for you to show it enough for him to understand it and him direct you into a yeah. right spot to go. I mean, that's a good counselor, mm-hmm. right? Because there's yeah. some counselors that you could sit in session with for weeks and them not even yeah. know what the hell's going on with you, True. you know? They're just and wasting you know, your time. He was amazing. He was amazing. I will always recommend him to people. Um, I think he's just amazing. Good. I love him. That's good. Um, he also recommended me do some self-help mm-hmm. courses. Um, and I did those also. And so that helped me to um, be able to forgive. Good. Um, not for that person, but for myself. Right. Forgiveness is not about, it's not easy because some people think it's, if you forgive, then you're accepting, right? Like it's, it's okay for your actions or for if forgiving and becoming friends again with that person, but, or it's about the other person and forgiveness is really about you yes, and about freeing yourself and freeing yourself from the bondage that it's got you shackled where you can't move forward. Right. You know, and you need to forgive other people. Mm-hmm. First, you have to forgive yourself, yeah. you know, because we're not innocent. No. Like, we may be divorced people, but we, <clears throat> it takes two. Yeah. Right? It takes two. It and does. we have to acknowledge our faults and we have to take accountability for our faults. And divorce and the problems that happen in a marriage don't happen overnight. Right. Right? So... It takes months and years, and there's some people that are like, in my experience, I'm like, how did it happen? Why did it occur like this? Like, what happened? Mm-hmm. But it just takes, it's over time and over yeah. time and over time. And some of those things we do ourselves yeah. or they do. Yeah. And it's like, when did you, what would you say are some things, if you want to share, and you don't have to, that you, looking back, you're like, Oh, I do, I do, or I did notice all of those little things that ended up leading to our divorce. Do <clears throat> you know, like very early in our relationship? Okay, I should have ran the first time he cheated. Okay, um, the first time he cheated um, was very early in our relationship. I should have ran then. I should have like said, "No, like I am not going to let you treat me like this." But for whatever reason, I felt that that's what I deserved. We were both young. Mm -hmm. We didn't know any better. So I forgave. Mm -hmm. Do you forget? No. Mm -hmm. Does that jealousy stay with you? Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's where my insecurities and my jealousy came from. And just it was really hard to trust again. Right. And I didn't trust him. 
And he would always tell me, like, you don't trust me. No, I don't. I don't trust you as far as I can throw you. And that was something I would say regularly. Mm -hmm. But my thing was, like, you earn trust. Mm -hmm. You don't deserve it. Mm -hmm. Just because you tell me that I need to trust you, it doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, so it it was really hard. Yeah. I mean, I can relate to you in that that, um, aspect because my first marriage, it was like, yeah, it was the same thing. Infidelity was, I mean, all the time. Yeah. You know, at least three times that I know of. Yeah. And I let it go. Yeah. You know, I let it go. And I was like, I, may, I would say this thing like, you know, shame on you the first time. Right. Shame on me the second. But it, it happened like three times. So... I was like, and the more it happened was the more like, what did I do wrong? Right. Why is it me? What is it about me that... Why aren't I good enough? Why aren't I good enough? Right. Why aren't you... What am I doing wrong? Right. What's wrong with me? Am I defective? Like, am I not good enough? Am Mm -hmm. I not pretty enough? Am I not thin enough? Like, what is it? Like, what is drawing you away from me? Right. And I think I struggle with those things even to this day. Mm Because it's trauma that happens right. and it, we have to process it and get through it. But I think it's a long, lifelong journey, you right. know, and um, the same thing, like infidelity, like, yeah. and and then you don't trust, like, right. then the jealousy sets in, mm-hmm. right? And then you're like, where are you going? Yeah. Who are you talking to? Who are you talking to? Who's that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or I seen you looking at that person. Yeah. Why were you looking at that person? Right. Mm-hmm. Or how how come you're at home? Yeah. You know, where were you? Yeah. How come it took you this late mm-hmm. or this long? Yeah. So it's just layers on top layers. of layers mm-hmm. and top of layers. Yeah. And then, you know, <clears throat> and I should have known better because he was a partier. He was a party boy in high school. So I should have known better. Um, I didn't go to parties very much because my parents were really strict. Did I sneak out? Yes. Was I a good kid? Oh, you're brave. I was brave. Um, did I go to bonfires? Yes, I did. Without my parents knowing? Yes, I did. Like, I, I'm not going to sit here and say I was a perfect teenager because I wasn't. Right. But he was a partier. He would go out with his friends and drink and stuff that I did not do. Mm-hmm. So I should have known better. Mm-hmm. I should have known that that was a red flag. A red flag. You know, but I, you know, at the time you're 17 and you're so in love and it's like, oh, I want the bad boy. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so you're attracted to that bad boy. And, you know. Yeah. His partying got worse as an adult. You know, he started drinking a lot more and, you know, he he would drink every day. Every single day he would drink. Mm-hmm. And then from that, it went to using drugs. Mm-hmm. And he got to hard drugs. Mm-hmm. And so then I would not see him for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And so then I was sitting there at home with these children and pissed off mm-hmm. and mad. Like, where in the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. Excuse my language. <laughs> It's fine, girl. You're good. You're good. (laughs) So it's like, you know, and then it went from days, it went to weeks. I think the longest I didn't see him was for a month. Really? Yes. Like, where in the hell have you been for a whole month? Like, yeah. So it was a lot of trauma in the beginning, you know? So, like, that's why I tell you, like, did I do things right? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I hold myself accountable? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, I wasn't the nicest when he would get home. Yeah. I was pissed. I was mad. And I was like... Well, yeah, because what? We're sitting there and we're like... Where are you? Where minds are going. Yeah. Who are you with? Who is... You've cheated in the past, so what makes me think you're not cheating again? Right. So that was my first reaction was, 
who you fucking, yeah, who you with, yeah, this and that, not thinking that it's probably his addiction, yeah, and maybe it was, but who knows? But who knows? But when you're there and you're just sitting there and your mind is going yes. and you're thinking of all the past things yes. that happened, your mind's automatically going to go there, and then when they come home, it's like. That's it's on. It's on. It's on. It's on and cracking. Yeah. I remember throwing cans at him. I remember throwing bottles at him. Like I wasn't the nicest. Yeah. Like I, I'm not gonna sit here and say I was nice. No, I wasn't. I right. was pissed. Right. I remember making dinner and just feeding my kids and throwing the rest of the food home away for him not to eat because he wasn't home at the right. time he was supposed to be home. Right. So did you say that you were you were so hurt and angry inside that you wanted him to feel that pain? Probably. Or how, how would you explain that? Probably. Like at the time, you know, you're mad and you don't care and you're childish and you just like. Being petty, huh? Being petty. Yeah. 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 And you know, like, and us women, like, and I think we can, I can relate to you and we can relate to each other. I know I can relate to you in that sense because I experienced those same things and like, I also got raised by strict parents. Mm-hmm. I never, I never snuck out, Mama. So if you're hearing this, I never <laughs> snuck out. Okay, like, but no, I never snuck out. You know, I never did that. But when I was able to like go places and do things, I was not where I was supposed to be, and I was, I was at this friend's, but I was really over here. But um, I was raised by pretty strict parents. So mm-hmm. when I found somebody that was interested in me and I was I found somebody that was giving me attention and things like that, I was like, oh, this is fun. You yeah. know, this is good and this is this is great. But um, yeah, but then when they cheat on you, how do you cope with that? I, I didn't I didn't know how to cope. I like I, I knew know. how to be petty, though. Me too. You know, like me I too. knew how to be petty and I knew how to not have self-control. Mm hmm. And I learned how to take it out on him, mm-hmm. you know, and be mean to him yeah. and say mean and awful things to him and, you know, hurt him. And I was mm-hmm. like, cause I was so hurt. Yeah. I was so hurt. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, wow, like you don't care about, like I cook, I clean, I have your kids, I wash your clothes. Mm-hmm. I'm always here for you. Mm-hmm. I'm always, you know, supporting you cause he was in college and stuff like that. And he did it too. But like. I felt pretty shitty. Yeah, me too. My self-worth was not there. No, you know mine I mean? either. Mine either. Like, I would look in the mirror and be like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. Like, why doesn't he love me? Yeah. Why do you not love me? Yeah. And that... As and a, I would worship the ground you walked on. Yeah. But you couldn't do the same for me. Yeah. I would always tell myself that. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's so unfair to us as women because, like, we are beautiful beings. We hold so much power but when the person we love doesn't see that, right, it really diminishes our self worth, mm-hmm. and that really affects us for the long term. Yeah, because there are times where I still struggle in my marriage now with like self worth because of what I've been through. You right. know, like he just cheated on you, but no, like when somebody cheats on you, it's like, what's wrong with me? Right. It's not what's wrong with you. Yeah. It's what's wrong with me. Yes. Even though in reality, it's something's wrong with you. Right. But that's not how we interpret no. things, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, and they just keep doing it. Right. And in a sense, yeah, people can say, well, you let them, but. It's not that play, you let them. No, it's not that we let them. It's just that we love them. Mm-hmm. And they took advantage of that. Yeah. And they took advantage that we were good people. Yeah. And we had good hearts. Yeah. And they 
took advantage of that. Yeah. You know, we didn't know any better. Right. We were kids, well, right? Yeah, we were kids. Like, we had kids too. Like, we damn. had kids too, you know? Yeah. You didn't want to break the family. You didn't want your kids to grow up without a mom and a dad. Yeah. I grew up with a mom and a dad. Yeah, me too. You know, so I had two parents and yeah. I wanted, I've always wanted that for my kids. Yeah. You know, so of As course, so of course I, I, I always tell everybody, Everybody has skeletons in their closet. Oh, yeah. Just some of us know how to hide it a lot better than others. Exactly. Let me tell you, I had a lot of skeletons in my closet. I just did not tell anybody about them because why? I was still with this man. Right. I was still with him. I still loved him. I still wanted to be with him. So I didn't want the world to hate him or I didn't want my parents to hate him. Right. So I hid our problems. Right. I would sweep them underneath the rug and act like I was fine when I was dying inside. Yeah. So yeah. have you always been like that ever since you were a kid or you learned how to, where did you learn how to like suppress those like feelings? I, like you I just mean, kept it, trucking. You know what? I think it has to, you learn from your parents. Like I can go, I can, I go back and think about how my parents were and I don't ever remember my parents talking about their problems mm. or at least not around me and my brother. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, I think one time that I can remember and only because it was so loud and my dad came comes out the next day with the black eye <laughs> come to find out my mom threw her, her chancla at him oh, okay. because they were arguing and i don't know what he did to her that she just grabbed a chancla and threw it at him uh-huh. and so his eye was all swollen and i think that's like the only like big fight i can remember oh, okay but they never talked to my brother and i about it oh. we just knew about it because we could hear it right. okay you know what i'm saying yeah. you could hear them fighting and then you see your dad walk out with the big old swollen <laughs> yeah. eye. So it's like, hmm, okay, well. <laughs> so you guys would just chat about it amongst yourselves. Right. Then. Yeah. I mean, my brother, but you know, it was nothing, you know, our parents didn't talk to us about that stuff. Right. And like, as far as like hearing them fight on a daily, I don't remember fight, hearing them fight yeah. on a daily. Like I thought my parents had a pretty good marriage. Yeah. I'm pretty sure they had problems just like anybody else. Right. But I mean, they were really good about hiding it yeah i don't remember my, my parents fight. i mean i remember my mom like bickering and being like you know dram- dramatic i guess that's where i get it from but um <laughs> she i don't remember them ever fighting mm. or ever like having problems so when they divorced i was shocked and mm. they got divorced when i was like like 21 22 oh wow. so i was already an adult yeah and they had done raise me but i was like what like yeah. you guys never have problems that i'm aware of right like you guys are divorcing so i didn't hear any kind of argument yeah I didn't hear anything, so right. it really caught me by surprise. So, I don't know where I, I don't know where I got my when I was married before, like where I got all that anger. I me, mean, I don't even know, like if it was because I'm assuming it was because everything he did for me, and yeah. I was like, I was like, I shouldn't do put up with his BS, but I loved him and I cared for him, mm. I wanted to be with him, so it's like I don't know if I was punishing myself. I don't know, but I was, I had all kinds of anger. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I guess we all do, right? Yeah. I mean, if someone says they're not angry, you're lying through your fucking teeth. Quit lying. Right. We all are angry at one time or another in life. Yeah. You're We're lying. human. We're human. We're human. We're not perfect. You know, and it's okay. And I think it's okay when you're in the right space to be like, I'm mad. I'm pissed. Mm. I'm hurt. I'm, I'm a- jealous. Mm. I have issues. You know, I. I hate that person or whatever. Like, it's okay. Like, we all have all those. We're human beings. Right. Like, yeah, quit lying. Yeah, quit lying. Quit lying. Why? Yeah. So, being that you were married, you were divorced, and you're divorced, what would you say were 
the three top conflicts that you experienced in your marriage when you were married? Because, you know... Trust. Our biggest thing was trust. Because there's articles and stuff that say, like, you know, infidelity, money, Mm -hmm. raising family, um, careers, and all this other stuff. What would you say was your top three conflicts? I would say trust. Yeah. Him being unfaithful. Yeah. Yeah. And probably the other one would probably be like anybody else, financial. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, not having enough money sometimes where you're like penny pinching Mm -hmm. and you're like stressed out. Like, how am I going to pay rent? How am I going to pay the car payment? Like, you know, just like any young couple, you know? And then when he became um, like addicted to drugs, you shared that with us. Was that even worse? It was worse, but... (laughs) He was able to hold a job. Okay. And work. Like, so, you know. Which is very rare. Very rare. For people that yeah. are addicted to drugs. Like, yeah. They could do it for so long and then after that they yeah. just can't. No, with him, like, I I will not knock him for that. That's one thing. Even though he was a big alcoholic and he drank from the time he went to bed until he woke up. Mm-hmm. He was able to not drink while he was at work. So he would work all day. And then as soon as he got off, he would start drinking. Um, as far as like when he started doing drugs, he did the same thing. Like, he, did he go to work loaded? Probably. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm not going to say he did because I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. You know, I wasn't there to see if he yeah. was, but he was able to hold down a job. Okay. Okay. Um, did he bounce from job to job? Yeah, a little bit, but not bad. You know, okay. he was able to hold a job. So as far as like our rent and our light getting paid, that was always number one priority. Okay. The rest of it. Okay, so it's it was trust. Mm-hmm. It was financial. Mm-hmm. Did you guys share accounts? No, actually, we didn't. You didn't share accounts. No. Okay. Um, so, yes, you know what? I'm, I'll take that back. Yes, we did. We always put our money together. Okay. Yeah. So trust, financials, and what would you say if do you have a third or no? Just those two were the major trust, ones. Yeah, trust and financial, and you know maybe his addictions. Okay. His addictions to drinking and, you know, later on drugs and stuff like that. I mean, that, that, yeah, I can that see takes how- a toll on someone's relationship and someone, it takes a toll. Yeah. I mean, addiction alone. You yeah. You know what I mean? That's a lot to deal with. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, you know. Yeah. And then I, I became bitter, even though at the time I didn't think I was bitter. But now that I go back and think about it and I like, you know, like we mm-hmm. talked about, about dissecting your marriage Mm -hmm. or your divorce or whatever you want to call it at the time you know i was probably bitter you Mm -hmm. know i wanted to be a probation officer all my life Mm -hmm. and he did not support that Mm. he did not want me to do any law enforcement Mm. he wanted me to do medical Mm -hmm. him and my mom pushed me to do medical Mm -hmm. so that's why i'm in medical okay Mm -hmm. so that was not my dream okay my dream was to be a probation officer i've always wanted to be a probation Mm -hmm. officer um, him and my mom never supported me for that. Mm. So when I had the opportunity to do it, he literally told me, like, you either pick your career or you pick your marriage mm. and your family. And what did I do? I picked my family. Yeah. And here you are. And here I am yeah. with not my dream job and <laughs> no family. It's never too late, Chola. It's never too late. You know late. what? Now I'm just, now it's like, <laughs> I don't even want to do it no more. Like, <laughs> I'm to the point in life where I love what I'm do- doing and I love the hours. Good. Yeah. Because I am able to go to work early and I get off early and I can like still do 
what I do with my son. Yeah. He's very involved in sports uh-huh. and I love to be there for him and I love to watch him. So I feel like if I start a new career, I'm going to start from the bottom again. Yeah. And I've worked myself up to where I am today yeah. that I don't want to lose that. Right. So it might be a comfort thing or it might just be selfish because I want what I want. Right. I mean, and, and it's okay. And yeah, it's okay. it's okay. And it's okay. And your son is young. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, you're in a career, you're happy, mm-hmm. you love the hours, you can, they're um, flexible, they allow you to get off early and mm-hmm. go to the, your games and things like that, and it works for you. Yeah. And your son, like I said, is young, so that's going to be for years to come, because mm-hmm. he's still a young kid. He's still young. Mm-hmm. But you also liked the um, the a, the anger management, yeah. you know what I mean? So that's something all you can always fall back yeah. into. To help other people. Yeah. So, like, you have that, too. So, right. the probation thing, yeah, I mean, it was a hope and a dream, but it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to let that go because yeah. you have your life now and you can always do, like, anger, anger management classes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And you kind of are kind of like a probation officer there because <laughs> you, <laughs> there be, you, go. you be listening to a lot of yeah. people that are in there that are in parole or probation. So. And, and so you can like, you facilitate it, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I used to. I haven't done it in a while because, you know, um, I kind of put that on the back burner because of my son. Like I said, I'm very involved in my son's sport. So I kind of put that on the back burner. I hope to one day go back and do it again. Yeah. Um, because I did enjoy it. Good. I did enjoy it. I did love it. Um, yeah. Good. So I do want to go back someday. Good. And you will. I'm sure will. you will. I'm yeah. pretty sure I will. I'm just letting Adrian get a little older. Yeah. And where I won't feel so guilty of not being there. Yeah. Because right now it's like, I want to be there. Yeah. I really do. I mean, because you are a single parent right yeah. now. You're a single parent. Yeah. Um, and you are always there for him. Yeah. You show up. Mm-hmm. You're the one parent there. Mm-hmm. And you always want your son to look out and know you're there. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that because your babies need to see their parent there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I remember, because I remember when my brother and I both played sports when we were younger. And our biggest thing, our parents were always working mm-hmm. um, because they needed to, you know, make ends meet. Yeah. Like, I get that. So I remember when we, me and him were play and we would look, like you said, look in the stand, yeah. looking for your parents and they're not there. Oh my God. And that feeling, so you know, even yeah. that feeling of them not being there and you knowing and understanding why they can't be there, right. but still you want them there, yeah. you know? So I never wanted my kids to feel that. So I've always made it a point to be there yeah. regardless of how I do it or when I do it. Even if I show up like. 30 minutes before it ends, I'm there. So yeah. when they look, they see me there. Yeah. Like, I will be the loudest mom there because I'm pretty sure my, if you ask my kids, <laughs> they'll be like, yeah, we could hear my mom in the stands. I mean, I've been there to your to, to oh, Adrian's that's, games that's and right. I'm like, yeah, I could contest to that. Chola, yeah. Yeah, so you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like, and no, and I, and I don't want to take credit from his dad because his dad that has been clean and sober again um, has done what he can to be here for his son. Right. Like, you know, um, for walk for my ex, um, it was best for him to leave mm-hmm. this area. Mm-hmm. So he moved away from this area. Okay. I understand it. I'm pretty sure his older kids understand it. Adrian doesn't know any better. Mm-hmm. So he knows that dad doesn't live here mm-hmm. and dad can't show up as much. Right. But when his dad is there, he's happy to see him. And sure. we all are. Yeah. Because, you know, 
at the time, the best thing was for him to leave this area. Yeah. And that shows a lot of progress on your part. Because yeah, of course. It, you already know that there's healing that has taken place for you yes. to be at a spot right now where you can say, I don't want to take away. I want to give the credit to where it's due. Yeah. And he does do what he can yeah. because he's far away. Yeah. So that within itself is a lot of healing that yeah, you've of done. And not too many people can heal from that. Right. And they still hold a lot of grudges or um, they're bitter about right. certain stuff like that. And they will never say anything nice about the other parent because right. they're still hurt. But you've shown that you're healing oh, yeah. and you're, you're there at that point already. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like I will not take that credit away from him because he does. He does try to do what he can for him and he's there for him as much uh, as he can. And, you know, when he has that time off from work, he is here. Yeah. He drives early in the morning to be here for his games and he's there here, you know? Yeah. And then he goes back home sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes he has to do like a quick turnaround. So I will never take that away from him Good. because I know that he's trying his best. Yeah. He calls his son on, on a daily. Now my son is nine. So sometimes he doesn't answer his phone. Right. So it's not his, his dad's fault, you know? Yeah. It's like my nine year old that doesn't pick up his phone. Because at nine years old, you're just a kid, you you're know? You're just a kid. You don't want to stop doing what you're doing, playing your video games, right. watching your TV. Right. You just want to be a kid, you, you know? Be a it's kid. like, oh, you're bugging yeah. me. So, so you yeah. know, at least, you know, he does. He calls, he Good. tries to call him on a daily just to see how he's doing, how's school going, like, you know, that open communication with him and his son is oh good. Yeah. Like good. I will not take that away from him. Yeah. Good. So you mentioned earlier that you initiated the divorce. So one of, I wanted to ask, that was one of my questions I wanted to ask you was who initiated the divorce? I did. I did. I told him I wanted a divorce. Um, I told him that I couldn't do it no more. Mm -hmm. I threw in the towel. Yeah. Yeah. I so how long was it in the making? Like that you were like, Okay, it's done. I'm done. Um, after his last infidelity, yeah. that's when, <laughs> in 2013, <laughs> that's what I said. I'm done. I couldn't do it no more. Okay. Yeah. That was enough. That was enough. That was the last straw. Yeah. yeah. I could not do it no more. I could not. I couldn't. It was out in the open. It was out in public because at least before he was discreet about it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this last time was not. Mm. So I said, I can't do this no more. I can't. Why? Why am I putting myself through this? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And how, because you were, how many years were you guys married then? Um, from 97 to 2013. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of years. A lot of years. A lot of years, and then for you to say I'm done, like I can't, I can't take any more hurt. Again, and I told him I threw him in the town. I was like, I told him straight out. I, I for one, I asked him, "Are you in love with this person?" And he's all, "I think so." I said, "You think so?" He goes, "Yeah." And I said, "Okay." I throw in the towel. Mm -hmm. I was like, "I am tired of fighting for a marriage when it only goes one way." Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's deep. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's deep. Yeah. So I walked away. I grabbed my kids and I walked away. It's mm -hmm. tough. Yeah, it is. It was because, like I said, at the time, I was still in love with this man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so it was really hard and heartbreaking to, like, go through what I was going through. So my situation was a little bit different. Um, 
my ex-husband initiated a divorce with me. And I remember um, pleading with him. Like, I remember him telling me, like, I'm done. Like, I, I'm done. I can't. We're just not meant to be together. Like, it's over. Like, I just can't do this. And I remember, like, on the phone. I mean, I didn't. I don't think I had a cell phone. I think I was on a pay phone with oh. him. And I was like. It was a pager. Remember the pager yeah. back in the days? <laughs> He sent me a secret text message. Yeah. Call me now. <laughs> no, but I remember like crying to him on yeah. the phone and being like, I can't do this. Like, what? What did I do wrong? What did I do wrong? Um, how can I make it better? Like, are you with somebody else? And that's when he said, yeah, that he was with somebody else. Oh. And that the one thing I remember him telling me, though, that I was like, what was he was like? He understood that I was having a hard time with it. And he understood that I had an issue. Like, I thought it was me and yeah. I was the problem. But he told me, you need to understand that no matter who, what relationship anybody's in, they're always going to have problems. Yeah. Like, just because I'm in this new relationship doesn't mean she's perfect. You know what I mean? Like, nobody's perfect. Yeah. And, you know, and I was like, you know, so pleading with him and stuff like that. And he initiated a divorce and he served me with divorce papers and um I was devastated you yeah. know I wasn't ready and I was just I remember grieving and even going in like depression and not yeah. understanding why and things like that so you know it was different for me yeah it was different I was on the receiving end where I was just like I can't you know yeah. and so um since divorce is a death of a relationship um can you share with us, and you kind of touched on it already, um, the stages of grief related to divorce that you experienced? I know you said anger. Mm -hmm. What came after anger? Sadness. Yeah. Yeah. I was very sad. Very sad and very depressed there for mm -hmm. a while. Um, I, I, I think even I was like in a very dark depression. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And how, how long would you say that lasted after anger? Jeez, I don't even... I want to say not very long, mm -hmm. but that I think that's because it just feels like it wasn't very long or maybe mm -hmm. it was very long. Um, I think maybe my daughter could probably answer that one better because mm -hmm. she feels like I was in a depression there mm -hmm. for a while. I think she's the one that kind of got me out of it. Um, okay. Yeah. She's the one that kind of sent me out of it. So depression, like what were you experiencing? I was, I was literally like a walking zombie. I would literally go to bed, get up, go to work come home, cook, go to bed, repeat, get up, go to work, cook, and go to bed. And in between, go to my kids' sports events. Because at the time, my daughter was 16 and in volleyball. Mm -hmm. My boys were doing football and basketball. So I would literally be in the stands and just like... Going through the motions? Just going through the motions. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Do you remember like crying? A lot during that time, or were you just I think I cried zombie? a lot. Yeah. I think I cried a lot, like, before I went to bed where my kids wouldn't see. Mm. Or in the shower. Yeah. 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 Just looking in the mirror, like, what is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. Like, why doesn't this man love me? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like it was almost like reality was setting in at that point. Yes. Like, I had already started counseling by then, and I had already started um, my anger management and my self-help class. And I think that's why I couldn't... Mm. make the marriage work anymore 
because you, you're I, already getting like educated yes. and really ready starting to realize the yes. stages of stuff that was happening mm-hmm. yeah oh, wow. like i knew i deserved better i deserved better he deserved better we both were just to the point in our lives where we need to to stay away from each yeah. other we needed to say thank you and mm. just move on move on mm-hmm. yeah for us to both heal yeah um so while I was in the house and we were supposedly trying to make it work, he had a girlfriend again. Mm. And I told him straight up, we were by the pool and I told him one of these days you're going to come home and I'm not going to be here no more. And he's like, no, you won't. Mm. And I said, yes, I am. I said, one of these days when you take off, I was like, I'm not going to, me and the kids are going to be gone. I was like, because I cannot do this no more. Right. I was like, so the bills I was helping you pay, I was like, I'm not paying no more because I'm going to save my money because I'm moving out. Mm. I was like, because I can't do this no more. Right. Um, and by that time, my son, that was 13, going on 14, maybe he was even 14 by then. Um, Him and his dad got into this ugly fight. And it's just because my son felt like his dad was disrespecting me. And so I had to get in the middle of it because... How was I going to let his dad hit my son? Right. I knew my son would get beat up. I mean, right. my son was only 14 at the time. My ex was a bigger man. Right. You know, so I was like, that. that's not going to happen. I'm not going to let that happen. Right. Because they're not going to be able to come back from that. Right. You know, so I stepped in the middle of it. My son was pissed, mm-hmm. broke a hole in my door. Mm-hmm. And that was a turning point where I said, I need to get my son out of here. I was like, because if I don't get my son out of here, my son is going to go the wrong path. Right. He's going to hate his dad and he's going to hate me. Mm-hmm. So I need to get my son out of here. And so I knew my ex was going to be gone for the weekend because that's what he would do. He would disappear on Friday and not come back until Sunday night. Mm-hmm. So I grabbed my clothes, my kids' clothes, and the bed I bought because I bought that bed. Uh-huh. So <laughs> it was a comfortable bed. It was a comfortable it. bed and I was going to take my bed. <laughs> And my TV, because it was my TV and it was in my room. Yeah. And I left. And I left him everything. I left him the pots and pans. I left him the beds. I left him everything. So anybody that wants to talk smack and say, I left him with nothing, no, I left him with everything. Okay. I took my kids' clothes, my clothes, and my bed and my TV. And then you bounced. And my car. And you never looked back. And I didn't look back. Wow. Mm -hmm. And you know, like, that... Earlier when we were talking about your children and you were like, did I do things wrong? Probably. But they turned out to be really good kids. That right there is a reason why your children turned out Mm -hmm. to be good kids. Because you made the conscious conscious decision in a moment that could have went either way to say, I can't allow my child to go this way. Mm -hmm. Because things would have turned out bad. And for you to do that in a moment where tension is high and when feelings are on deck and everybody's emotions are going everywhere and this altercation is happening you were logical enough to stand in between them and think that so that is why your kids are who they are today because of the little moments like that Mm. that have occurred that have made their path that way yeah and because of my kids i am the person i am today yeah like everything i do i do for my kids yeah I always grew up saying I didn't want kids, but I had four beautiful children and I do what I do for my children Yeah, because they made me a mom. 
Yeah. And they are my heart and soul. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I would do anything for them. And mm-hmm. you know, that shows in your everyday interactions with them mm-hmm. and how you still continue to show up for them even yes. though that they're adults and how um, the sacrifices that you've made and the things that you've been through mm-hmm. in your marriage and even though this episode is about divorce, we can't talk about divorce without talking about the marriage. Yeah. Because that is the foundation and things that happen in our marriages are subtle and they happen over time and there's a lot of forgiveness and try to res- restore and and um moments of hope mm-hmm. and we keep trucking, we keep going, but divorce eventually happened in yeah. both of our lives and And honestly now I can go back and this is gonna be kind of be weird, but I'm gonna say it anyways. I can be very grateful to my ex for teaching me to be strong, mm-hmm. strong, independent. Yeah. For the person I am today. Yeah. Because if it wasn't for him yeah. and for the marriage we had, I would probably not be as strong as I am today. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's good to hear. You know, mm-hmm. not too many people can are are to that point mm-hmm. um where they can say that openly yeah. and give credit where credit is due mm-hmm. and um yeah so i applaud you for that mm-hmm. like that's very grown of you to say yeah. that you know yeah, after I mean, everything that you've been through you well know yeah I mean? I mean you gotta forgive I, yeah. you have to forgive and like i said it's not for him i do it for myself yeah. i do it for myself and i did it for my kids yeah because we needed to heal also yeah i needed to heal my kids needed to heal like I said, Adrian doesn't know any better. Right. So to this is normal to him. Right. Mom is mom and dad is dad and he's yeah. used to that. Yeah. That's all he's seen. That's all he knows is and you guys all, separated. Yeah. Like you guys not married and not mm-hmm. together. Right. Yeah. But my three older ones, they needed to heal. Yeah. And I needed to heal. Right. And I needed to let them know that it was okay for them to have a relationship with their dad. Yeah. That for them not to feel like they were betraying me. Mm-hmm. Because their relationship with me is one and the relationship with their dad is another. Mm-hmm. Like you guys need to build on that. You, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You're not going to hurt my feelings. You're not, don't ever feel like you're hurting me or betraying me because you love your dad. Right. That is your dad. Yeah. You have every right to love your dad. Yeah. You're half of him. You're half of him. Yeah. You know, and that's one thing that I needed to be okay with. Yeah. Even at the time that I was the most angriest yeah. at him and and I hated him yeah. because of ruining our, our family. Yeah. So I needed to let them know it was okay. Yeah. I mean, starting off with anger to the point where it's hatred, mm-hmm. which is a very strong thing. Like, hate is a very strong yeah. thing. You know what I mean? So get to, to the level of hate. Obviously, there were some really bad things that happened. And then going into hate and then going through that process... And then going into sadness and being depressed and walking around like a zombie mm-hmm. and just going through the motions and just showing up, not, you know, just like a robot. Mm-hmm. And then after sadness, what would you say was your other stage of grief? Like what came after sadness for you? Learning to heal. Yeah. Learning to heal. Learning to heal and learning to be okay with being by myself. So how, um, how long have you been in the healing process? Oh, geez. Probably five, six years now. Yeah, it's been a while. Because I I remember when we met and you started working at at the clinic, um, 
God, because we've been we've known each other for ten years. I am pretty. I'm pretty sure it's ten years. Um, you, God, the first five years you must have been going through it, and you were normal. Yeah, I was really good about hiding my yeah. my yeah yeah. I was really I am very good of hiding my emotions. Yeah. I so I have a quote, and this is the reason why I have this. Because this describes me very well. Behind every sweet smile, there is a bitter sadness that no one can see or feel. Mm. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to smile mm-hmm. and be very positive, even when I was at a very negative stage in my life. Mm. And I did it for my children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you remember like, I mean, your smile, that's the first thing I saw about you was your smile and Mm -hmm. how, I mean, we didn't know each other, but it was like, you, yeah, it was like normal, you Mm -hmm. know what I mean? And it wasn't until we really got to know each other where, and I think it it had to be like four, four or five years ago, or maybe even three years ago, three or four years ago, where we were sitting in front of your house one evening after we went out for girls night and you really telling me the things that you were really going through. Mm -hmm. And we, I think we were sitting in my car for like an hour or so after we got Mm -hmm. done hanging out and you really told me some things and I was, and I had no idea. And I was like, this whole time you've been dealing with this and like, nobody knew, Mm -mm. which it's private situation. Right. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to be labeled. Right. Or seen as that divorced person or, um, you know, nobody wants to be known as that, right. you know? And so I was just like, wow, you know, cause yeah. mm-hmm. you've been through some things. Oh yeah. You've oh, been yeah. through some really tough things oh, yeah. that a lot of people wouldn't come, a lot of people wouldn't be able to come out and have this story to share today about divorce. Right. A lot of people could have turned the other way. And I've seen through my line of work, a lot of people turn to drugs and alcohol to numb the pain right. and escape or different addictions, whether it um, promiscuous or dating right. or impulsive stuff, which they just, it numbs their pain. You know right. what I mean? And um, you didn't, no. you know, and I, and I think it's by the grace of God, whether you're spiritual or not, but like by the grace of God, like he covered you in protection. You know, he yeah. knew that there's a bigger purpose for you. So, it was anger, hatred, sadness, and now healing, mm-hmm. right? And sounds like the stages of grief, right? Oh, yeah, of course. Um, people will say that it takes two. At what point did you allow yourself to take accountability for your part, accountability for your participation in the outcome of your marriage, which, which was divorce? Um, probably when I started counseling and I was talking to my counselor. Mm-hmm. Did he help you? See, of course, your fault. I think it's because you had that communication with someone that wasn't there to judge you. Mm-hmm. So when you were able to talk about what you went through without, if he did judge, he hit it really well. But mm-hmm. according to my eyes, it was with no judgment that I thought, damn, maybe I was kind of rude. Damn, maybe I was a bitch sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know, it's not giving him the excuse or the permission to disrespect me like the way he did. Right. Because I never disrespected you that way. Right. Even if 
the hor- the worst stages of our relationship, I never cheated. Mm-hmm. I never found comfort in another person's arms. Mm-hmm. I was faithful to you until the very end. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. yeah. It wasn't like giving him permission, but yeah, I, I was like, yeah, maybe I was kind of brutal. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was kind of mean sometimes. Mm-hmm. Maybe I wasn't more loving or more understanding mm-hmm. because I wanted stuff to be a certain way or I expected certain stuff mm-hmm. and maybe it was too much pressure mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. and I, I don't think I'll ever know because mm-hmm. I don't think he'll ever I don't think we'll me and him will ever be in that comfort to be able to talk about what really went wrong in our marriage right and that's okay and that's okay yeah like I don't expect that I've stopped expecting that. Yeah. Because the first in the beginning, of course, I wanted the answers. Right. And I wanted to know why. What did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. Instead of what you did wrong, I wanted to don't know what I did right. wrong for you to feel like it was okay mm-hmm. to treat me that way. Right. But I've gotten to the point where it's like, I'll yeah. never know and it's okay. Yeah. Like I I'm, I let that go right. a long time ago. And I think it's because of counseling, yeah. to be honest. And that's something that a lot of people don't know about me, that I actually went to counseling, but I did. So that's another fun fact about me. You know, you advocate for counseling or therapy. And so am I. Like, I I will, um, yeah, I mean, I am a big thing. I'm a big believer about counseling. Yeah. Only because, you know, I felt like it did help me heal at the pace I needed to heal. Good. God. And anger management helped me heal at the pace I needed to. Yeah. And to like, like I said, to find out that I probably was kind of pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, it, like I said before, like it takes two, like in my marriage, I wasn't, I wasn't, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Um, I think early on, I wanted to believe that I had no fault. Of course. Right? We all do. We don't want to be like, oh, yeah, I brought that to the table. Yeah. Oops, no wonder. Right. You know, and it takes, you know, um, I had a lot of pride behind that. Right. You know what I mean? And I didn't want to take accountability for a lot of things because I didn't feel like I should. You right. know, and I was having a conversation with my son the other day, and um, he asked me a question about it. He's like, because I had told him that. His father had wrote me a letter. Oh. Um, we had already been divorced. He had already been remarried. And I was already married and um, to my wonderful husband now. But um, And he is amazing. <laughs> he is a, I, I love, like, <laughs> God knew what I needed. Do you right. know what I mean? He knew the type of man that I needed and who was willing to deal with my dramatic Isn't self. <laughs> my sassiness. <laughs> You're I love that. And so, and he knows exactly what kind of friends I need to. <laughs> of course, that's why we were in the right place at the right time at that time of year that we don't remember. <laughs> that's bad. That means we have a good friendship because, like, time goes by. by so we don't even know. We don't even know. Don't but even know. I was telling my son, my middle son, like, your dad wrote me a letter, uh-huh. and he told me that he was sorry that oh. he was sorry for the husband he couldn't be he was sorry for treating me the way he did and he was sorry for um, not being the father and the husband that I needed and making an amends with me and I remember bawling and fun fact is my husband called me I was on my home, way home from work and he said you have you have a letter he wrote a handwritten letter to me 
He's like, it's from, from your, you know, your ex, your ex. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, open it. I couldn't wait to come home. I wanted to know what he, what he wanted to say, because a part of me needed that closure. Right. You know, like to know that I wasn't the only one, you right. know, cause I, I, I was left with a lot of guilt and shame. Right. Thinking I was the problem. Right. It was me. And through our divorce and our separation and everything, he did make it seem like I was the worst person ever. Right. And, you know, he was hurting too. You right. know what I mean? Um, and so he read it to me. My husband read it to me. And I was bawling. I was absolutely crying my eyes out. And I told my son I was crying. And yeah. he, your dad did say sorry. And he asked me a question. And I he said, well, did you ever say sorry to my dad? And I said, no, no. And I haven't till this day. And so even though I took accountability already for mm -hmm. my part, I haven't told his father that. Right. So in a sense, I'm still holding on to it, holding on to it. Mm -hmm. Like I'm still acting like you don't need, you don't need to hear from me. But if I needed that, I'm sure he needed it. Needs you know too. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's been years. Right. It's been years, but everybody needs that. You know, how long have you guys been divorced? So I've been married to my husband now for 12 years. Oh, okay. So, so a little um, longer than me then. Oh yeah, way longer. Yeah. Um, 2005 probably. Okay. So, um, yeah. So that's something that even till this day, I'm still going to take a moment to write that and right. to send him that because, you know, I think as much chilling as I've done. Right that I need, that's closure. And not for the marriage or the divorce or whatever, but just saying, you know, we're young. Right. You know, thank you for apologizing to me. Even though it took all these years, like it just has to happen when it has to happen. Right. So, but my son was like, did you ever apologize? I'm right. like, no, because at that time I didn't feel like I had to. Right. But I know I do, you know, because yeah. I take accountability for my actions well, as well. we have to. I mean, we're, we weren't perfect either. Oh, heck no. Even though we want to believe we are, right? Like, of course. I mean, for many years, I would be like, oh, I was a good wife. I was a good wife. I was a good mother. I was, you know, I had a job. I was very independent. Like, what else did you want from me? Right. But no, I mean, I probably didn't give him that emotional support that he probably needed. Right. And I wasn't good at it. Right. And I wasn't good at it because... You didn't give it to me, so why should I give it to you? Right. So that was me being selfish. Yeah. And that me being stubborn. Yeah. Because I am very stubborn. That's another fun fact about me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like these fun facts no more. Um, <laughs> that I am very stubborn, yeah. you know? So my, at the time, I thought, well, you didn't give it to me when I needed it, so why should I give it to you now that you need it? Mm -hmm. And that's what I held on to a lot of Okay. in our marriage. Like... I needed you to be this way to me at this time in life and you didn't give it to me. So now that you want it, why should I give it to you? Right. And that was a thing that we had is that he, he told me straight out one time, I need you to be more affectionate. And I'm looking at him like, I can't do it. Right. Cause when I was trying to be affectionate to you, you would always throw it in my face. Why do you have to always be in my ass for it? Yeah. So I got used to being very cold and very like, no affection. Closed off. Very closed off. So when you needed it, you wanted me to like switch 
flip the switch and be like, oh, yes, I'm going to be very. No, no. Yeah, I, I couldn't do it no more because for so many years I was very I didn't get it. Yeah, I didn't get that affection. Yeah. I didn't. I was always on eggshells. Yeah. For many, many years. Mm-hmm. So when you decided to change and you decided to be the person that you are or were, mm-hmm. you wanted me to flip the switch and be like, yes, I'm affectionate now. And now I want to be lovey. Mm -hmm. No, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And I think, um, hearing that, like, I don't know if you know this about me. I'm sure you do. You know, I'm a huge feminist, right? Like I am all about like women's rights and all this (laughs) stuff. And, um, you know, and a lot of, you know, those kinds of things to have, I believe in my opinion, not everybody's situation is that, but, like, society has a good way of, like, making women think that that's what they're here for. Just right. to turn it off, turn it on. Yeah. When a man needs you, you turn it off, you turn it on. But we're not like that. No, you not. know what I mean? Like that, especially when there's hurt and pain mm-hmm. and all these things that happen in somebody's life. Like, it's just not that easy. And we don't have to be that. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, you know, shit happens. Yeah. And we ended up divorced, but I'm glad that you got to a space where you were able to take accountability and you went through counseling like that helped you. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people don't like to talk to anybody else. They have this negative, this negative connotation of like, they're just going to judge me. Right. Um, there's nothing wrong with me. Right. Why do I have to be here? Um, they don't know me. Like, what can they help me with? Right. But. And it took, it took my 16 year old to look at me. We were in the driveway sitting in the back of my dad's pickup truck. And she goes, you need help mom. Cause mm. I cannot help you. Mm. She was 16 at the time. Yeah. She was scared. Yeah. And worried. Yeah. And she's like, I don't know what you need yeah. and I can't help you. So you need to get help. Yeah. And I looked at her like. No, I don't. She goes, yeah, yeah, you do. And I looked at her like, maybe I do. Yeah. Because I was in a dark place. Yeah. For your daughter to save you. Yeah. To see that and save you. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. That was amazing. Thank you for sharing. So I, that's why I went to counseling. I can't remember who. I, I wish I remember who recommended me this counselor. That is amazing. The mm-hmm. one that I tell you that I've talked about. He's amazing. I love him to death. I will never forget him because of that. Mm-hmm. Someone told me about him. So I called and I made an appointment and I was seen by him. And yeah, because of him, I am where I am today. Wow. Mm-hmm. Good. So yeah. how long did you stay in, in counseling with him? Um, I think I did two years. And then okay. he said, um, Judy, I think, I think there's nothing else I can do for you. <laughs> <laughs> That's so, good. Wow. You know, he's like, go home. <laughs> no, oh, I'm just playing. But little by little, you know, it goes from like, I see you every week. I see you to every two weeks. Mm-hmm. I see you every three weeks. I see you once a month. So I went through the process of yeah. like not needing him no okay. more. Like winging you yeah, off. You know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Because yeah, there was like, literally there was nothing to do or talk about anymore. Yeah. Like we talked about my childhood. We talked about being teen uh, being a teen mom yeah being a mom at 17 like you know being married and having three kids by the time i was 22 yeah like i was 22 with three kids like that that could be hard on anybody yeah you know and so 
And then at 34, having another child. Yeah. At 34. Yeah. Where I was literally starting all over again. And as a single mom. And as a single mom. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And going through a freshly divorce. And then my mom had passed that December. So I went, I was going through a lot that year. So, yeah. You finally decided to start your healing journey when your daughter had that really hard conversation with mm-hmm. you. That truthful conversation with you what it made you realize like here my 16 year old daughter mm-hmm. is telling me this yeah. you know mm-hmm. and that was the moment you were like okay i gotta change something i gotta yeah. do something um do you think it's necessary for people that are going through a divorce to take accountability so that they can truly heal from that relationship my personal opinion, yes. And this is just me. Because mm-hmm. I can't speak for everybody else. Right. Uh, but I think you need to. Yeah. You need to look deep inside you. Mm-hmm. And see what you did wrong also. Right. Because it takes two. Right. For one, it takes two to make a marriage. Yeah. And then it takes two to make a marriage not work. Right. I Like, I, I can't speak for everybody either. I could just speak from my own experience and... I had to do a lot of soul searching. Mm-hmm. I stood by myself for a year after we separated and divorced. And I dedicated myself to my children. I dedicated myself to my spiritual healing mm-hmm. and really got in touch with, um, you know, God and just my spirituality and healing. And um, through that, I, I I had to take accountability. Mm-hmm. Um for my own actions, you yeah. know, for my own things I brought to the table and how I was holding on to a lot of guilt and shame or things like what I could have did differently right. and things like that. And I had to let that guilt go and heal. And I, that was accountability for me. Yeah. And I think, um, in my experience, I had to, um, I had to sit with myself yeah. and I had to, like I said, do a lot of soul searching. You right. know what I mean? Cause I, I'm, and I left that season of my life saying, if if God ever decided to give me somebody new, I wanted to go into a new relationship without baggage right. and with understanding how not to be right. in that new relationship right. and how not to be left with the what ifs. Right. And um, by the grace of God, like, I got to a certain point where I was able to move on from that. Right. So yeah, taking accountability for me and my experience is necessary. Right. And I think at some certain point, like we should, you mm-hmm. know, to move on. Yeah. You know, it's just the process. It's the process. We've talked a lot about a lot of good things and you shared mm-hmm. your story um, with us and your experience with divorce and, you know, what you've been through and, you know, how you're continuing to heal till this day. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, Moving into a new season of your life, you know, growing and and just, you know, as we age, grandbabies and, you know, your little ones getting older and, you know, all those things. You're just moving into a new season, you know. What advice can you give people that are going through a divorce that will empower them to have the courage to heal? And as you know, this podcast is for people to feel safe, you know, people to learn from your experience right. and the story you share and to empower them to 
Yeah, I, I just honestly, honestly think that you need to like look within yourself and see and decide what you need. Even if that's counseling, even if that's anger management or just a self-help book, class, course, whatever. I don't know, speak to your best friend, someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like by you sharing your story, mm-hmm. and that's just your side of your story, mm-hmm. because there's always two sides mm-hmm. to every story. Right. And we don't, we can't speak upon the person, the other person, because, right. you know, they have their own story. Right. And they have their own feelings. And they're, so you need to talk to someone. Yeah. I think of, by you talking to other people or speaking about your story and what you felt, what your feelings were. Right. Helps a lot. Yeah. Because when we bottle stuff out, it just blows up in the end. Yeah. That's and good advice. Yeah, because you're just like a ticking time bomb. Yeah. And I think that's what I did for many, many years. Mm-hmm. I just like suppressed everything. Mm-hmm. And when shit hit the fan, hit when it. I exploded... So. Yeah, that's good advice because getting counseling is great advice. Mm-hmm. Surrounding yourself with good people, mm-hmm. with the best friend, with one person that you can feel safe with mm-hmm. is another great advice. Um, so, yeah, thank you yeah. for sharing that, you know. No, thank you for letting me share my story. Of course, yes. anytime. So I hope that you're back on uh, the podcast with, your other things that you have been going on in life. <laughs> so, um, there's more to come with Chola. This is not her first and only <laughs> appearance as a guest on this podcast because there's more to Chola than just this. The, I wanted to talk about divorce because I think a lot of people go through divorce and a yes. lot of people throw in the towel really early. Um, you know, divorce looks different for everybody. People get divorced for different reasons mm-hmm. and different whys. And, but it's an important topic to talk about. We're not alone. We're not alone. We're not alone. And sometimes we do feel very alone. Yeah. Because that was one of my things is that I felt very alone. The people that I thought had my back did not have my back. Mm. Um, so I had to learn to trust again. Yeah. And um, I still... I still still battle with that um trusting people yeah so my small circle or small girls that i hang out with is because it's it's yeah they're safe for you they're safe for me yeah um so yeah good so that's a that's one too yeah yeah Yeah. you know um so thank you thank you for sharing all of those good things so the one new thing that we're going to be doing on the new podcast we ain't done yet um, is we want to sh- have each and every one of our guests share one affirmation. Chola, chola. So I'm going to go with Tupac. Keep your head up. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. So you heard it here, ladies and gentlemen, our first guest on We Ain't Done Yet podcast. Her one affirmation is keep your head up. And I think that's a good affirmation. Keep your head up. Yes. 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 So thank you so much. Um, If you like this episode, please um, send us an email, share this episode on your social media platforms, tag us in them. Thank you for listening. I hope that you can learn, get educated, heal and grow from this experience that Judy has shared with us and much love until next time, you guys. Bye. Bye. 
I hope you guys enjoyed that episode as much as I did. Listen, we're not experts here. We are just offering a space that can bring meaningful conversations about real life experiences. And if you find yourself in need of some additional support, we suggest that you reach out to an expert that can help you process whatever you may be going through. All right, because you guys are important to us and we want you guys to all be safe, secure, and happy. Just remember, you're not alone.